it, it takes practice and script training. I don't look forward to it. It's not like, I don't look in the calendar, oh, it's script training tomorrow, you know? But, yeah, you know, like, yeah. <laughs> I get to go practice. Exactly. Yeah. It's something you got to do. It's like lifting or, you know, doing swim in the spring, whatever it is. Like, it's something that isn't really fun, isn't sexy, but you got to do it. And I feel like I only learned so much from someone else going until you step in and you start going. It's like, you know, I thought this in my head, but this came out and, you know, you kind of work on yourself. All right, welcome back to the Pursuit of Property podcast. Today we are honored to be joined by our friend, agent, investor Keaton Gleason, also known as Keat the Meat Baby. <laughs> <laughs> Keaton, how are you doing today, my friend? I'm doing great. How are you guys doing today? Oh, oh that caught me off guard. I didn't think you were going to say it. He hit it. He hit it. For those, those who weren't in the room, right before we were trying to come up with a nickname for Keaton and uh, my creative brain came up with Keith the Meat and we concluded that could not be said on air, but it is here to stay. And we are out in the open and we are ready to get into today's convo with our boy. That's Keaton, right. I think, how long have we known each other? It's been high school. High school. Dude, knew each other was, in intermediate school too, but we weren't like hanging out. I feel shit, like, shit, dude. That's right. Alta so since Sierra. since middle school, we've known of each other. In high school, I know we had a couple classes together, so kind of got to know each other a little bit better then. Before which, you dude, jump, before you jump into real estate, what was Cade like <laughs> in middle school and high school? I can't talk about middle school because I don't really know. But high school, we did have some classes together, Spanish class. Oh, that couldn't very, have been good. Very fun. Very fun <laughs> class with Profe Gonzalez. Yeah. Shout out uh, Shout out to Profe. Spanish. Yo legend. no hablo espanol, senor. That's hey. Cade. That, hey, you know, Cade was pretty good at his Spanish. You know, oh, back you speak then, a little. <laughs> Not anymore. Un poquito. Uh, un poquito. Keat, dude, what, we'll get into his deal. Keat, Keaton's sharpened up his Spanish and kept on a, kept up on really? a, a lot better than I have. Yeah. So the, the Spanish <laughs> will come back here later in the podcast. It'll I love up. it. Yeah. All right. Well, okay. Let's talk about it. Uh, Kate and I were just, we had a walk. Uh, we've shared that on the pod. We like to hit walks throughout the day. I know you do too. Uh, we were talking about of the people that we think that are younger, that are investors, that are the people, what was the term that you said? Uh, coming up into the next phase of, of running. Yeah. Kind, kind of the, the next guys in line. You, you said like I mean? on call or something like that. on deck on deck. You came up in the, in the group and that is a recent uh, coming for you. When did you get into real estate? So I got into real estate almost two years ago. I got my real estate license two years ago in February and I was still in grad school and I finished up that semester and I started full full-time just this past summer. So what level of education do you have? I did get a master's degree. Wow. Yeah. How old are you? 24. You have a master's degree completed when you were 20... 23, 22, maybe. That's pretty yeah. fast. Savage. Bro. And what's your yeah. degree in? It's in sports management. So kinesiology, the sports management uh, specialty. Wow. Good for you. And you were here at Fresno State. Yes, sir. Fresno State. Buchanan, Clovis Community, all here, all here in Fresno County. 
Nice. So, so how did you end up getting your real estate license? So I started during COVID. I had a whole bunch of time. I was like, well, might as well get my real estate license. You know, I got a whole bunch of time. Started during COVID, took the test, kind of started doing it part-time while I was in grad school. I was like, I think this is what I want to do. You know, I was, I was weighing my options. I think this will be better than any job I could get, even with my master's degree. But, you know, I still, I was so far, I just got my master's degree and was able to go full-time this past summer. And that's when I really started to see, you know, business moving forward is when I was able to focus on one thing and put the time in every day. So you obviously started with getting licensed, right? You take through all the online courses, you go down the courthouse, pass your test, right? Starting as a newly licensed agent here in Fresno, what does that look like for you? Newly licensed, fresh on the block. How does that start? Fresh on the block, you know, you get your you get your real estate license and everybody's reaching out to you, getting mailers, you get people calling you. And to be honest, most places will take anybody with the pulse, right? Because if you sell something, they make money off you, you know, that sort of thing. So finding the right people. And, you know, I, I lean on UK a little bit for that. Like, okay, who do I talk to? Who do I go see? Ask around almost as if I was getting recruited like sports, I'm going to interview everybody I can kind of get the feel for them. Um, and try to surround myself with good people. That's when you find the strive team, which very, very fortunate because there's great people over there, Darren and Cam, the whole Strive team. So I think just finding the right people right when you get licensed because everyone's going to be coming after you. So if you can surround yourself with good people who actually care about you, that's important. Yeah, I think that's one of the things that we're trying to build with the podcast is is recommendations to the right people and then also just being you know, good people to go to ourselves for questions. But I, I fully uh, relate to that. We've shared, we were with Clayson, obviously, what was that like uh, when you joined the team? What did the first six to 12 months look like? Uh, you said you were part-time at that point? Mm-hmm. I was part-time. So I was doing school and I had classes, which you know helped me now be able to time block. But I would be in school a lot of times. I'd have homework. So it was a lot to balance. First six, 12 months is overwhelming because I don't know anything. You know, you take the test, you know some definitions, but you don't really know until you start getting into it. So yes, yeah, being around the right people, asking questions and with the strife team, everyone's so nice. They answered everything. You know, I always felt like I was getting annoying, but having mentors and people go to questions was very, very helpful. Were, were you getting deals? Were you getting some traction? I mean, part-time going to school. I mean, that's not an easy feat. Yeah. It, it took me a while. Start with mobile homes. Ah, <laughs> mobile home <laughs> Mongol. That's right. Mobile home Mogul? king. Mogul. Mogul. Mongol is no. not the right word. <laughs> start with the mobile homes. Not sexy. Not big money. You know, we got to start somewhere. And I became the mobile home guy. You know, I found it flattering. People ask me mobile home questions. I didn't really know anything about real estate, but I knew about the mobile home addendum. You know, so guys like Miguel Sanchez called me. I was like, why is Miguel calling me at a mobile home question? You know? So you got... You can't start out at the top, right? You got to get the mobile homes in. So it was a good experience. And sometimes mobile homes is a headache and you do more paperwork than a regular house. Mm-hmm. It's like, shoot, if I could do this, you know, I could do other houses too, you know? So start out with mobile homes. Dude, what a way to pay your freaking dues too, bro. Because I think 100%. 100%. An important point, like you said, they are twice the amount of work for less than half the amount of money than any less other than a transaction of the money oh. yeah shit if you guys have any questions about which one's 55 and over which one i know the park manager's <laughs> names i know oh that's perfect oh. <laughs> mobile <laughs> home questions anyone listening you got mobile home questions you call me 
Dude, I love the humility and understanding that like that was the what you had to do to get started and just rolling with it and taking on the mobile home, you know, uh, tag and being yeah. that guy. I think a lot of people would have a hard time saying mobile homes. Oh, that's not going to pay me as much. And they, they end up preferring to do no business than any business at all. You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, everyone watches selling sunset. You watch million dollar houses. Like that's not what real estate is at the start. You know, you got to put the time and you got to do the dirty work at, at the start and stuff that ain't pretty, you know, but make great connections with mobile home people and build connections with buyers and sellers. And it's a good starting point. Mm-hmm. Dude, so you've talked about part-time, right? When you were finishing up school, gaining traction, gaining some experience, you know, most importantly with some of these mobile home transactions and just really getting your footing and familiarity with how a real estate transaction works, right? But then you graduate, newly fresh with your master's degree, you make the decision to hit real estate full-time. How does that, it, you know, is it a light switch immediately for you, like night and day difference being able to hit it full time? Or how did that transition look to be able to put your full focus into real estate outside of school? So the last month or so of grad school is very stressful. We had comp exams of like two years of coursework, taking tests. If you don't pass it, you don't get your degree. So the last month or two was really, really focused on school. And I started back real estate full time. And that's when I knew like, okay, I got to nurture, I got to market. Because when I first started, I was like, I have no leads I'm working with because I was focused on school. So then back in mind, I was like, okay, it's going to take me a couple months to kind of get back on my feet. And it was about three months after I went full time was like, I started getting traction again because the last couple months of school, I wasn't doing a lot of marketing, reaching out to people, that sort of thing. We just did a podcast last episode talking about marketing. You don't have a business unless you have people to talk to. Mm-hmm. Was that hard to get through that three months? I mean, you just got out of a grind period, a big accomplishment that 99% of people, I don't know the statistic, don't get. Was that hard for you to to kind of like reset and have three months of hard work with no pay? Yeah, it was tough. Luckily, I got great parents living at home, don't have a lot of bills. And just being in a good office with good energy and I see people doing the same thing, right? When I cold call, it's tough. I cold call myself, but I look over and I see Devano cold calling, you know, all this stuff too. It's a lot easier when you're in the energy and, you know, building back up. It does get, imp- I do get impatient sometimes. Like, okay, you know, I'm not closing deals right now, but you know, if you nurture and invest in yourself, you know, it'll come if you show up every day. Can you talk about some of the daily activities you were doing to generate leads? Some of those income generating activities you were focusing on, on those, you know, 90 days from becoming fresh full time. Yeah. I, I was doing cold calling. We were getting some leads and I was, I was cold calling some lists, some dead lists. And that's good. Cause I was building my skills, each objection, you know, getting better and building skills, um, doing some open houses as well kind of getting out there, getting out of my comfort zone with social media. That's, that was a hard one. Cause I feel weird on social media, you know, what people are going to think all kind of stuff, you know, making reels, getting out there. Cause I think, you know, for young people already, that's how you know what everyone's doing. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't really know what people are doing unless they're on social media posting about it. So you have to let people know you're a real estate agent because we'd be best friends, but I don't know your son houses. I can't go to you, you know? So getting uncomfortable on social media and putting yourself out there was a big one. Yeah. What was it like, uh, you know, cold calling, you had some experience. Was it when you, when you start calling through those dead lists, you know, those are people that have already been talked to. The data has been kind of thrown out. Was it 
did you feel like you got fast tracked on on really sharpening up your skills because you had so many objections, so many difficult people, or was it surprisingly easy? I think it builds your character at the start. <laughs> you know, I you know, not used to people talking to you that way, you know, cursing you out and saying mean things and never call me again. But you know, I try to put myself in there so if I get calls, I'd be annoyed too. You know, it's like if I could do everything I can to break down down that initial wall and get farther, great. Some people don't let you break down the initial wall, but just building character, building skills and knowing how to work with objections. Cause if I don't get objections, I can't work on them and get better on them. So that was a blessing to get rejected a lot. How did you end up in the coaching program? I started the coaching program. I was kind of, you know, driving for dollars, going through true, true people search and, you know, calling people. It wasn't until I got Jason in my corner and joined the coaching program that I really started gaining more traction. I wasn't being as efficient and I was kind of halfway doing things. So I'm doing whenever I'm free, I'm gonna do this stuff. Um, joining Jason's coach probably really got me on track with everything. That's a hefty investment up front. I mean, did somebody tell you to do it? Was this your own insight that like I'm, this money is going to come back? I mean, I have not spent money on a coaching program in two and a half years. And I probably should, but like you doing it off the bat with, you know, little or like a smaller amount of deal flow, that's, that's a big, you know, mental objection to overcome in your head. I mean, was that, was that pretty easy for you? I think it was the, the proof, proof of concept I saw again on social media, right? This person's doing deals, this person's doing deals and just having guidance and a mentorship. I think that investment is going to be well worth it you know, and kind of fast track things. One thing I said about Jason is when I first joined, he said, I'm not going to teach you anything that I didn't do myself. You know, so teaching me, you know, the cold calling the mailers, get my Google calendar set up, making sure I'm on task, having some accountability. I knew it was going to be a good return on my investment. And it did hurt, you know, because, you know, a couple thousand dollars out of your bank accounts, like, oh gosh, I'm not going to see this for a while. But, you know, the investment does turn out good in the end. Well, and to provide some context too, Jason's coaching program, it, we're, we're talking about the investment side of real estate, right? And I think what's really cool about, the, you know, the people in our local community, especially some of the younger people like ourselves who maybe have been in the business a little bit, but are still kind of like we were talking about, kind of next on deck, right? Whether we're licensed or not, but especially for people who are licensed like ourselves to venture in to that investing space. So let's make the segue. You join the coaching program. You have the interest in the drive and the dedication to generate some investment deals, right? Let's get to how that first couple of weeks of the coaching program looks like to then lead you to inking your first deal. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I remember the first couple conversations, we need to get your Google Calendar order and make sure you're doing the right things day to day. Right, so cold calling from nine to 11 and four to six every day. In between, you know, you do your, your driving for dollars, eating lunch or script training, whatever that is, but generating leads, you know, cause at the start I'm like, oh, you know, I need a cool logo. I need a, a nice landing page. I need a website, I need all this stuff. Just you need leads, you need to start cold calling, you know, you start getting skills. And I was kind of avoiding that for a couple of months, trying to do like the really fun things. Didn't want to get on the phone. It wasn't until I got in the coaching program, got my calendar dialed in, got a dialer and property radar that I really started seeing traction because I was doing the right things. Yeah. Well, and, and then 
So was the timeline you signed up for the coaching program, then you got your first deal? Yeah, I signed up for the coaching program, got my first deal about three or four months down the line. Wow. And I guess talk us through that. I mean, that's a, a big accomplishment. What like how did you find the lead? Yeah, it was it was through cold calling, Spanish speaking lead. With all the Sp I know very little Spanish, don't speak Spanish. But with every Spanish if you cold called Central Valley, I get a lot of Spanish speakers. A lot of buenos or quienes. Once I get that, it's hablas ingles. If they say no, get us vender su casa. If there's anything but no, I run out to the bullpen and give it to one of the homies in there who speaks Spanish. So that happened maybe a month or two into cold calling. And it took a lot of follow-up and a lot of touches to end up closing it. And my guy, Dair, Spanish speaking, he kind of worked the whole lead and we were working it together. So first deal was Spanish speaking only. Wow. That is freaking awesome because most people, it, guilty, myself included, doing this before, more often than I'd like, the Spanish speaking leads because not, not being able to have that conversation, those leads are usually discarded, right? Mm. And so to be able to, one, be able to not only you know, convert and have that initial call, but then to put in the work and the follow-up, you mentioned uh, your buddy or your partner on the deal to hear, to then be able to ink that a couple months later, dude, that's freaking killer. Yeah, yeah. It, it took a lot of time and there is a good amount of leads in, and Jason say like, we want, you know, just get like one qualified lead week, you know, start with that. But just working through all the objections and, you know, that was the first deal. I remember on the initial phone call, it was a lady, she said something about like esposo. I was like, oh, and that's, that's a husband. He might be interested, you know, and I ran out and uh, yeah, man, we made it happen with the help of a lot of people. And, and so what, how did that deal turn out? What did you do? What did you buy? Where was it? So it was in Exeter. So right, I think east of Visalia in Farmersville, which, you know, I'm learning more about these small towns in Fresno, Tulare County, that sort of thing. So it was in Exeter. It took, he's a very busy guy. He was a landlord. He owns a whole bunch of properties in Farmersville. He had one Exeter that the tenants about to move out, needs some work. He's like, I just don't want to deal with it. Don't want to go through realtors, all cash offer as is. So we went out there after six or seven touches, probably met him in person, got a contract signed. And what were you buying it for? We bought it for 180. Mm -hmm. uh, Dispoed it to Kate, actually. Kate helped, you know, with the end buyer at 192.5. There you go. Mm -hmm. So you made a good return and you wholesaled it. Yeah, wholesaled it, made good return. And yeah, if you put it in the ways of made return on investment for Jason's coaching program, I, I did do that. And plus you have the skills and you built them to do more deals down the line as well. How, sorry, I was going to ask, going back to like price, right? How how does that whole conversation go with Dahir, who I assume is having like the main bulk of the conversation with the seller, what's going through your head on, you know, what, what's this, what's this worth? Uh, what's the ARV? What's our, what's the max we can allow? Was there a lot of negotiation back and forth or was it like, Hey, he wants 180. We can do 180. Let's sign it. Yeah. There, there was a lot of communication. Our ARV was in the higher 200s, maybe low 300s. If you know, the market changed and initially he was in the low 200s. But at the start, I'm like, if they're even close, I'm going. We're going on appointment, you know, because I have all this time. I want to 
even if they're not that close, I'm going to go on an appointment, get in-person communication, just practice. Right. I think he was at like 210 or 220. We ended up talking him down to, hey, 180 after we walked the property. Hey, there's, there's some leaks. The roof looked like this. I'm not sure if we can make it happen. You know, you're an investor yourself. You know, we want to make a win-win situation, right? We want to make sure you're happy. We got to do something that makes business sense for us. With all this work, we have to be, you know, a little lower, maybe the 170, 180 range. Very, he was hesitant to start, but after talking, after talk, talking through the numbers, he understood we had to make something that makes business sense for us. And then, yeah, we ended up getting it signed. Dude, and, and so what was the turnaround there? I mean, you, you wholesaled it. Was it a pretty smooth escrow? We ran a little couple hiccups with tile companies being hacked and private money lenders and not being able to fund it right away, which we closed it and it's all a blessing because we don't work through problems. You know, I know that everyone wants a smooth escrow, a smooth transaction every time. That's, you know, most of the time not the case. So working through problems, luckily I Kate in our corner, you know, helping us work it and yeah, very thankful for it all. And then what did you do with the money? I didn't spend any of it, just spent, put it back into systems, get new systems. And I know, I know. Yeah. See, the I, that's the right, that's the responsible answer. I'm just yeah. like, I'm disappointed because I blew all my money on my first deal. Jace yeah. Bieber, still a homie of mine. <laughs> he bought a Mercedes Benz off his first deal. I wish I would have heard something like that. So I would have oh. felt normal, but you did something <laughs> smart. Yeah. And you know I'm pretty frugal. So it's like, yeah, go, go to dinner, you know, do something. I was like, well, you know, like I haven't gotten paid in a while, you know, but I got need to put back in systems, you know, like I said, living at home and don't have a lot of bills luckily. So I knew to, I need to try to generate consistent deals. So to do that, I need to work on my systems. You know, I did hire a cold caller now as well. So just putting it all back in at the start. So what was your, what was the net you walked with? Cause I know you had your partner to hear on it. Mm-hmm. One eighty. Dispo at 192.5. That's 12.5. Did you guys split that evenly down the middle? Mm-hmm. Okay. So yeah. you walk away with half of that. And when you talk about systems and processes, I know you said you mentioned your onboarding or maybe already have onboarded uh, a virtual assistant cold caller to help you with the lead, lead generating. Are there any other systems or processes that you invested that money back into? Yep. So I just downloaded Resimply just because, you know, I know I'm going to hire a cold caller. I'm going to have more leads. I need to have a system built out because I don't want leads to fall through cracks and not be able to convert leads and reach out to them, that sort of thing. So you have cold call, uh, call tools, property radar, resimply use Slack, and then add the caller now. So he helps with taking more stuff on my plate. That being said, I have more on my plate because I have to train somebody, nurture somebody, help them through the objection, just like I was as well. Well, and I think I misspoke. Can you clarify the caller that you're bringing on? Are they virtual or in person? In person. In person. So sits right next to me um, while while he's calling and we'll work through objections. We'll script practice. He's actually on the script practice right now with Jason and his team. Who is it? Uh, Tyler Kennedy. Okay, Tyler. Yeah. I'm going to call on him in the next scripting. Yeah, I told him, I said, you volunteer. Yeah, I, I feel like I volunteered even too much. I felt like I was getting annoying. I had to tell <laughs> you to stop because yeah. it's not that you're annoying. I actually prefer when, when I have more people wanting to do it than we can afford to like allot the time to. But it's a testament to show that like when you do the scripting, it, it leads to a result. And, mm-hmm. you know, the people that are getting results are the people that are putting like the same yes. you were saying on social media was the people getting uncomfortable. You're in front of 30, 40 people. It's not fun to talk publicly. But dude, the difference in the time that you were starting to now, I mean, 
it, it is night and day. Yeah. I remember the very first time you actually called me my very first time. And I was so nervous. Uh, like, did you like that? Of? And <laughs> it worked out good. Cause you know, I'm, after I go, I'm like, why the heck have I not been going this whole time? I just got one-on-one -on -one coaching, training, feedback from the peers. Everyone's so nice in there. And then I was like, I'm going to start going like every day, you know, I start going every day. And then sooner or later, you know, you get one-on-one -on -one coaching from you and Jason and feedback from the team, you know, progressing pretty fast. Yeah. I mean, Jason was telling me, uh, dumb people make mistakes and don't learn from it. Smart people make mistakes and learn from it. Successful people learn from other people's mistakes. And I think you are somebody, I, I was just telling Jason about it the other day, we were talking about, you know, coaching students who have done well and who have really bought in. Um, they're guys like you, they're coachable. They're saying, hey, I'm paying you to tell me what mistakes you made so I don't have to make them. And I'm gonna trust that if you tell me don't do this, that it's because you've made the mistake. And it doesn't hurt our feelings when people make those mistakes, but I think it shortcuts your success. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I think, well, you guys come from a sports background too. It, it takes practice and script training. I don't look forward to it. It's not like, I don't look in the calendar, oh, script training tomorrow, you know? But, <laughs> yeah, you know, like, yeah, <laughs> I get to go practice. Exactly, yeah. It's something you gotta do. It's like lifting or, you know, doing swim in the spring, whatever it is. Like, it's something that isn't really fun, isn't sexy, but you got to do it. And I feel like I only learned so much from someone else going until you step in, you start going, it's like, Oh, like, you know, I thought this in my head, but this came out and you know, you kind of work on yourself. Dude, it's not fun. It's not sexy. It's the grind. Right. But all of that practice and those reps, like to use the sports analogy again, it gets you ready for game time, which is the exciting yeah. shit, right? When you're yeah. when you're in the middle of that conversation with the seller, on an appointment, freaking in the middle of negotiations, about to ink a deal, right? It's all those freaking building blocks, the repetitive stuff, the stuff that isn't as fun, that gets you sharp and ready for freaking game time, that lets you go ink a deal and and assign it for twelve five and freaking invest back in your business, bro. That's yeah. freaking dope. Yeah, and I, I was like, well. I'm putting this money into skip tracing and leads and these systems. If I got a hot lead, like I better not close that thing. You know, I don't want to get a hot lead and have no skills and no way to close it because you got the hot season world, but if you don't know how to close it and work them, then it's kind of go waste. So I was like, I'm investing this money. I better be ready for when that time comes. Yeah. And it, but in addition to that, I mean, also it's good that you put the money out first. I mean, mm -hmm. One of the reasons why I think the coaching program works so much better than giving free advice, which we've been doing for years, is that when that money leaves your account, that fire that goes under you is like very different than when it's like, oh, I could make 10,000 or, oh, I've got to earn 10,000, right? It, there's a difference when that money is left and it's now, okay, like the money's gone. Either I'm going to make something of it or I'm not. Mm -hmm. So I, I commend you for doing that. A lot of people... I mean, we know business owners that have been running six-figure, seven-figure sales businesses for a long time who still don't market because they're too scared to see the money leave and they don't trust in their ability to actually reap the profit when those leads come back in. Yeah, yeah. It's very, very thankful for Jason because any question I have, he, you know, I know he's super busy, so I'm selective about what I ask him, but he responds very fast. The objections, you know, we have coaching calls, one-on-one -on -one coaching calls where we go through leads we're working and just have a mentor who's done what you're doing and can answer all your questions, like you said, fast track things, almost buying back your time as well as building skills. Dude, I want to ask you, because we look back at your resume and the conversation we've had, right? It You have made a lot of great decisions, 
right? Like this money that you made, you didn't go and blow it. You reinvested everything into your business, right? Even rewinding all the way back to when you got started in real estate, right? Interviewed, made the right decision to join a good group of reputable people here in town, focused on the income generating activities, right? Have there been any mistakes you've made? Mm. Yeah. At, at the start, you know, you hear as realtor here investing, oh, I want to get started investing. You kind of like dabble every now and then. And there was a couple months where, like I said, I was worried about the wrong things and kind of avoiding the cold con, you know, kind of drive for dollars. It wasn't until I actually time blocked 9-11 for a second start calling that I saw success. Because as realtors, sometimes you be pulled in a million different directions. And it's like, oh, I, I'll cold call and I get to it. You know, I go three days without cold calling anybody. It wasn't until I was like 9-11, 4 6. Hey, I'll text you back if I'm on my dialer, but unless it's very, very urgent, I'm not going to answer my phone. And kind of back to the school standpoint, when I was in class from 9-11, I wasn't answering my phone. You know, and I stopped school. I'm like, oh, I have to be available all the time. It wasn't until I started time blocking, which Jason said you have to be, like take your time very precious, right? You know, use your time wisely and don't let people pull you in all these directions. So it wasn't until I joined the coaching program and I actually time blocked why I started seeing success. What did your family say when you got into real estate? I mean, you got a master's. I don't know if, how that played into effect. I don't know if parents encouraged that or not, but you had just spent six years of your life getting a master's and then you say, I'm going to become a, a real estate investor or a real estate agent. What was that like? Look, I'm blessed to have great parents. They're always like very proud. But I feel like when I like started going full time, like, uh, like, are you sure, you know, real estate, you know, up and down, you know, like some days you might make a whole bunch and some months you might, you know, be down dumps, you don't have insurance, you know, I come from a family of two teachers. So there's a lot of stability there. So obviously very proud, very encouraging. But I thought there was kind of like a, oh, I don't know, you know, like a little nervous, especially getting six years post-grad, you know, getting a master's a lot of time and money put in. It's a little nervous, but always proud, always encouraging. Dude, did you ever have hesitation? I did. I was like, do I, am I going to get to go to the dentist? You know, do I have insurance? Like all those things, you know, like being up and down. I think being in a room with successful people who are doing it, like the Strive team, like the office where not real broker, a lot of successful people, like, like I could do this thing. You know, or going to meetups and seeing people do it. It's like, I felt like I could do this thing and being around the right people gave you you know, positive people be around that are doing it. Yeah. I mean, falling back to like, if you, you know, want to be a great teacher or you want to go and be, you know, a great contractor, or you want to come and be a great real estate investor, surrounding yourself with the people who are doing what you want to be doing and have achieved success in, in the avenue that you, that you want to succeed in, dude. So I think that's a testament to dude, not only, did you make the move to join join the right team initially? Made the jump in the investment in yourself to join the coaching program, but actively surrounding yourself in the coaching calls with people in the community who are doing what we all want to be doing, right? And so, dude, I think it's a testament to it's a testament to you and your character and how you run your business, how you run yourself, bro. Like it's it's freaking awesome to watch it and be around you, dude. Yeah, thank you. And the great part is you know, I have a great mentors, you know, and Darren Cam, the Strive team, and also Jason. And then 
people you kind of grown with, you know, guys like Devaniel and Jen, like in the office as well. Cause it wasn't that long ago where I saw him cold calling too. And, you know, I see says he's having, it's like, well, it's, it's nice cause I can see it kind of step by step. You look at guys like JC owns like all these rentals and you know, has this huge team. It's kind of hard to fathom even getting there. When I have someone who is close to my level or ahead of me, it's easier to see a step-by-step process because I see, oh, he was doing that six months ago. You know, I'm doing that now and I see where he's at and it's easier to work harder if I see that step-by-step instead of looking at something like Jason's, I can't even fathom getting there sometimes, you know? Yeah. No, and we viewed it the same way when we started the podcast. We weren't obviously the most successful investors. <laughs> we still aren't. But we've always found that like, we're going to pull a lot of good information from the guys ahead of us. And it's our responsibility to help the guys one or two steps behind us. And when you come from a place of abundance, there is no reason to hide the, the things that make sense. And, you know, being around people that are at where we're at, a little below where we're at, a little above where we're at. That's what you're talking about, having that culture around you. And it seems to make the path, it illuminates the path. You, you don't have to try to fumble your way through it. There's always going to be somebody just a few steps ahead or a few steps behind that you can help. And I think there's also a lot of good feeling when you're around people and you play a part in their success or, you know, you provide that feeling to, you know, guys like Jason and Cam and Darren when you do what they ask and it reaps some reward and they maybe aren't making a financial benefit on every deal that you're doing. But I can say that when you're around the right people, it's not about the financial benefit. It's about the personal feeling of like, wow, I actually helped somebody. So I would recommend to you, and I'm actually going to just put this back onto you. There are a ton of people listening. I don't remember what our average listener is each week, but it's it's significant. Yeah. Between both audio, I mean, 100 plus between all the avenues. Yeah. Let's say 100 to 200 people listening. And I would reckon that some of them are above where you're at, but a, a vast majority are at or below where you're at. I mean, what what is your recommendation of the people that are like two steps behind you? Maybe they haven't done their first deal. Maybe they haven't even gotten their license or started investing into anything. What would you be telling them right now? That's a good question. Folks on the leads and doing the daily activities to get leads like cold calling, because there's a lot of things that I know are going on in my head, like a website, a logo, I need investment cards, I need this, I need that. If you don't have any leads coming in, probably not gonna have any revenue, right? So doing cold calling and time blocking and doing it consistently every day. Cause I there's some days where I cold call four hours, I don't get nothing. And I go home, I used to be pissed. I was like, oh, like no, nobody said anything to me, like no leads or anything. But consistently, nine, eleven, four, six, do the things that other people are avoiding, like I was at the start. And all the rest of things will come. You know, I was worried, am I going to have private money lenders? You know, I need to build my buying list. I, if I don't have any deals, none of that's going to happen. So start the cold calling, time block, do those tasks to generate leads, and you, know, you figure out the rest. I, I think that's sage advice. What's, uh, what's the vision in five years? What's Keaton going to be doing? Five years. I love working, but I don't want to work all the time. So being able to train people and not replace myself because I think it's five years too soon to replace myself, but have people take care of the tasks and the things I'm not really great at, like the systems or tracking KPIs, that sort of thing, or 
having people cold calling for you and worrying about some of the bigger, the bigger problems that come up and being able to still problem solve and not scale myself out, but only worry about the more important things and be able to train, have a team where, you know, have the little, little tasks that take a lot of time and take more out of your day taken care of. Dude, thank you for freaking coming on, bro. I know that we've done uh, real estate sales transactions together, which was really, really cool. We've now had overlap in the investment deal space as well. Like for everybody listening, dude, if you can't, if you haven't been able to tell through this episode, just listening to Keaton, like, dude, he is, dude, you're one of the most humble guys, so nicest guys I've ever met, bro. I've never caught you in a bad mood. Nothing, dude. So I, I appreciate you. I appreciate you coming on and sharing your background and your story. Dude, there were so many golden nuggets in this episode for those of you who may be just scratching the surface or even just having that interest and draw to real estate. Keaton, where can people find you? You mentioned social media. For anybody who's in a similar spot, has any questions, wants to connect with you, where can they find you? Yep. I'm on Instagram, Facebook, and LinkedIn. So Instagram, Facebook is Keaton Gleason too. LinkedIn is Keaton Gleason, just my first name. Um, You know, I know one thing that really helped me was, you know, going lunch with both of you guys, going lunch and networking with other people. If I could, I'd love to go to lunch, love to go to coffee. I do time block times in the morning and lunchtime to network and help other people or pick other people's brains. And that's another way to kind of fast track your success. And you can learn from other people's mistakes and, you know, just get better and learn from others. Dude, and that's a great point as we wrap up. I, you mentioned lunches, right? A lot of people, even for somebody who is wanting to achieve bigger, bigger success, right? We're always reaching out to people to try and learn, uh, you know, pick someone's brain, right? All, all this stuff. Keaton was one of the people who reached out. Obviously, do great to connect because we're already friends. We know each other, right? But one of the he, the 0.01% who each lunch, when we're checking in, you have more progress to show and more questions to ask. Like, dude, you, you came with a notepad with new questions every time and a track record to say, okay, here's the questions you answered for me last time. And here's what I'm bringing this time and the progress I've made for anybody who reaches out, reaches out to Keaton or anybody otherwise providing value and making progress and not wasting somebody's time is one of the best ways you can approach and grow your skill set. So shout out to you, dude, for, for also doing that, bro. Thank you. Yeah. I, I do want to say one thing. If you are going to coffee or lunch with someone, especially someone far along with you, have some questions ready and be prepared and have things asked because people's time is very valuable. And if they're gracious enough to give you some of their time, be prepared and know what you want to say and get your questions answered and then take action and then take action. Of course. And there's people will tell you exactly how to do it. There's no secrets. I used to think there's secrets. Like what is Jason not telling me? What is he doing that he's keeping in his back pocket? He'll tell you it's exactly. his hair routine. He hasn't shared <laughs> that. And I am convinced <laughs> it's his hair routine. <laughs> hey, well, exactly. One like, day, bro. One day. That's what I'm saying. Going all these meetings. I'm like, I see Dean and Strat and Jason. Like, what are they not telling me? Like there's something they're keeping with. You can go to lunch with Jason. He'll tell you everything he did. It's up to you whether you want to take action and do it or not. Dude, fantastic podcast. Great perspectives. Um, I think I'm going to propose this because I know that we're going to be doing 
our series, but we should do a roundtable. We should get Dylan on here, uh, Adam Abajan, Keaton. Get a get a group of us, and we should do a podcast talking because I think uh, we all hold a similar idea, and I think numbers increases the the sound. I think we're all preaching the same thing. Mm-hmm. And if you're listening to this podcast and you don't just do exactly what Keaton just said to do, I think it has to do with either limiting beliefs or not believing that this is how it actually works. And I could list off a ton of names, but maybe getting a group of five or six of us in here all saying the same thing might be what's needed to get some of these people uh, to turn the corner. I think that's a great idea. It In essence, this is not the last time you guys are going to be seeing Keaton. No, 100% not. And we knew that before, but this is reassuring, uh, especially it seems like you uh, are very open to talk now. I know when we when we did the scripting, you were a little shy at first, but <laughs> yeah, yeah. you're very open now. And I think that conversion from speaking in those groups, you were very comfortable in this pod. And I think that uh, that speaks a lot to your growth. So good job, man. And Thank thanks, for, uh, thanks for sharing. I think I learned a lot too. I should be a little bit more willing to listen to what my mentors are saying and not question it so much 100 percent, keaton thank you everybody who's tuning in listening watching we appreciate you guys reach out to keaton and we will see you next week <laughs>